1: All right, another week. Welcome back to the Ball podcast. This is your host, Ralph Lifschitz. Hopefully you made it through the top twenty. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you enjoyed every moment of it. I am here once again with the man, the myth, the legend, January Gray. What is happening, Mister Albright? How are you?
0: Uh, I'm pretty good. I like how uh, you say, uh, "Welcome back to the uh, Rasball Podcast." Like the uh, imagine some people are like, "Wait, this is a podcast?" <laughs> 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 I want to hang out with those people. <laughs>
1: yeah i want i want to know i want to know what they're doing they probably went to that convention we talked about in our first uh our first episode i guess is they just walked out of the hay hey,
0: hey uh hey uh um uh um uh, Jer- Jer- uh, jerome your uh, helmet's on backwards <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, oh man! Uh, hey, I'm listening to this TV show. Wait, they just said podcast. Hold on a second.
1: What? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to confuse people. I I got to make sure that when they hear my voice, they know that it's the Ball <laughs> podcast and not the Rasball Prospect podcast. You forget that that, that I host I host several of the entities that fall under Uh-oh. the Rasball baseball umbrella. So I got to yeah. make sure that my fan base. Knows which show they're tuning into, and if you know anything about my fan base, most of them probably are wearing their helmet you
0: Yeah, you're, yeah, that's true. You're, you're more integral to my life than my wife. <laughs> I go to I go to bed at night crossing my fingers that you're going to be safe the next day. <laughs>
1: The, the empire of Razzball rests squarely on my shoulders. It's, it's a responsibility that I'm, I'm more than happy to, to, to take.
0: I don't even know who's up next for uh, hosting this thing if something happens to you. <laughs> I've gone through like ten people already. Uh, you just hold, just, be, just look both ways when you cross the street,
1: Ralph. Would you please? I think I think you would have to bring. Uh, I think you would have to up Lance's salary and uh, just build, bring him on full time. You know. I think that's the only man that can handle the job. And by the way, we should give some props to Lance if you appreciate the audio quality on this podcast or the recent episodes of the Prospect podcast. Um I went to audio boot camp with Lance after our first episode and uh I've gotten a mic, I've got new recording set up. We figured out how to mix everything. I mean, I've I've really uh worn down we we finally have like a professional sounding podcast not yeah no and no it's anybody I, else
0: maybe nick i was like i was podcast. uh i was flo- I, like i listened back to it the other day and i was floored i was like oh my god we sound so good like this is the best we've sound i think ever
1: yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. As as good as we could possibly sound, I would even even would yeah. No, oh, oh, oh.
0: That goes without saying. I mean, our <laughs> our voices are awful, but I mean, at least they're awful clear well, <laughs> instead of awful cloudy and like what? Hey, uh, even. Uh, even coogs i was like i was saying to uh coogs i was like you gotta listen to the podcast just for the sound quality (laughs) and then of course she hemmed and hawed for about five minutes she's like what am i do i really need to listen to this i was like no really just listen to a couple minutes
1: my my (laughs) wife my wife has no idea about (laughs) anything i write record and you have to think about how many things – I mean I have, what, two podcasts, the, the TV show. I do all those videos for fan tracks during the week and I write multiple blogs during the week. She has no – she could care less. It's more like when is the baseball crap done with – please sit down with me and and, and let's watch some Netflix. <laughs> there,
0: there, there's probably a good chance that like she, she feels like – there's probably like a 15% chance she's going to like wake up and be like, wait – Wait, there wasn't there's no baseball at all in your life. <laughs> <It was> like, <laughs> like, like this is like this is the been a the biggest
1: ruse I've oh, ever it, it never <laughs> ends. She's like she's like it's it's the first week of December. What could you possibly have to say about baseball right now? And I'm like, "Honey, I I'm, I'm sorry." Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> you know, the, you know there's a market? at least a 15% part of her that's like there's no baseball. He's got <laughs> someone else. <laughs>
1: No, I think I think she's well aware that nobody else would ever deal with this besides her.
0: Yeah, uh, no, uh, yeah. It's like there's a there's a certain type of person that can handle being married to uh, one of us. I'm yeah, sure. to, a, to a baseball blogger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a there's a certain there's a certain type of person that could be like. uh We have to pull over because you have to pick up someone off of waivers? Why are you you on the shoulder right now? Like, I'm sorry, but Arolda Shaman just got hurt. I have to pull over.
1: The best one was I made her drive to her. My my wife's from New Jersey, you know, where Gray's originally from. And uh, the best was when this summer I actually made her drive four hours to New Jersey because I really needed to write my blog so that way we would be able to do stuff that night You're, you're <laughs> the worst part is I think we were going I think the thing we were doing that night is we were going to have drinks with Smokey so
0: it was all <laughs> up to <with the laughs> <drag> ball <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's like, yes. like, seri- like as good as we get along. I feel like our wives, without ever, ne- without ever meeting before, would have hours of conversations just to talk about how similar we are. And like, oh my god, I've so many times I've been like, you have to drive today because I have to answer comments, and in case someone gets injured, I have to pick up a platter off waivers. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way I can drive to Palm Springs today. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it never stops. But I have a feeling that if we if we collided those wor- worlds, it would be like that episode <laughs> of Seinfeld with George when like the worlds are colliding. You know, when like everything goes wrong, the worlds are colliding. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. The, it's the same thing. You know, it's almost, it, would, it would be it's almost uh, too similar. Oh yeah, I mean it would it would allow them to like uh, uh, it, like. Strategize. I mean, they might be wearing might be wearing pink pussy hats by the time we walked out of the other room. And like in solidarity of sisterhood, they, we're leaving. There's no more blogs. We're taking half a Razzball with us. See you later, guys.
0: Instead of a instead of a dream catcher, they have a cock catcher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're done, both of you. You're done. All right. <laughs> Uh, catchers, catchers. That's funny you would bring that up because today we're going through all of the top catchers. There goes my segues again. You know I love my segues. Um, Gray, are you excited to talk about catchers?
0: Uh, I'm excited about talking about a few things. I had, uh, actually, <laughs> I actually, I, I try and I try and hold back my uh, <laughs> my aggravation at other people's rankings. So I, I don't usually tweet at people. Oh, but spill it. But today i uh, I tweeted at uh, one of the CBS guys who ranked Evan Gaddis nineteen overall, not for catchers overall, Ugh. for all players. He ranked him in his top twenty overall. <laughs> and I was I was honestly half expecting him to be like uh, when I tweet at him, I was half expecting him to be like, well, actually, that was a typo. I'm gonna I'll fix that. but instead, he tried to rationalize it. He leaned he in.
1: Like, he leaned in. <laughs> what? He leaned in, and the best part was, you know, what the thing that made no sense about it is, there were multiple screenshots on the tweet, and one of them has uh, Gaddis ranked what? It was first or no his second, first. second yeah, no, among designated hitters, right? No, first, first among designated hitters. Yeah, okay, first among designated hitters, and then they showed us his top ranks, and they have the top 20 or whatever, Gaddis is 19, and the number two ranked DH, Edwin Encarnacion, was 18. So I don't understand it. How is it in the construct of ranking DHs, he's higher than Edwin Encarnacion, which is kooky with crackers to begin with, you then go to your main (laughs) ranking and you reverse it. (laughs) <laughs> what is going on? It's almost like I—I I, I think he's trolling. all I gotta, of this
0: I gotta, uh, I gotta, I gotta, uh, yeah, the, the, the time, because I had uh, I think you, I think you skipped the DH part. So Gaddis is number one. And Encarnacion is number two for yes. his DH rankings, and then in the top twenty he has Incarcion and then Gattis. So he's flip flopped them depending on the rankings. Like, uh, what?
1: <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm turning, I'm turning into like mid nineties Regis Philbin. I'm so like in, like indignant about this. Like, what are you doing? What is this happening? <laughs> <laughs> oh, god,
0: I, just I, re- aged myself I saw out. him like, at I'm, the I, uh, I saw, a, re- I saw a Regis at a uh, at a restaurant in New York City one time. That was actually a good sighting. I was, I just, re- I just remember that. I'm sorry, it's a uh, there was a sidebar, but yeah, Reach. <laughs> I saw Reach and then I walked out of the restaurant and I saw Mandy Patankin. I was like, oh my god, it's the best. Mandy celebrity Patankin, sighting
1: I know, oh, oh, from Homeland. Like, if you were, if you were, if you were like, like, an 80-year-old woman from, like, the greatest generation, you would have had to have change your panties multiple times with a uh, Mandy Patankin, Regis Philbin combo. Oh, my goodness. I,
0: I think I need to change my depends. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. It's like there's a slug down there. Uh, anyway. So, any, anyway, that was the uh, – that was uh, that was just happened today. Well, you guys could be listening to this whenever, but the Gattis thing just that was driving me crazy. But yeah, oh, cool. so you want to start at the top
1: with the, uh, the catchers with Let's my start catchers. at the top of, of catchers? And I'll say the, even even in in the in, in a two catcher league, there's only one guy that should ever approach the top 25 players. And that would be our number 1. That would be Gary Sanchez. Is anybody else in shouting distance to Sanchez in your opinion?
0: Nah, not really. I had, uh, uh, well, depending on when you listen to this, I've already done my top 100 and top 500 on the uh, back end of things. And uh, Gary Sanchez, there's two guys I have in uh, two catchers. I have in my top 100 overall, Gary Sanchez and Contreras who I have number two, obviously. Um, not. It wouldn't be obvious if we were talking about CBS's rankings because who knows. <laughs> it's but um, yeah, it's got us. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, but there's. I think I have like sixty spots between them overall. So it's like that's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's no other position that's even close to that between number one and number two. I think probably. I want to say like there's a uh, there's like a gap of uh, what should would call it of like shortstops. I think at one point I think uh, like there's you know uh, where is
1: where's the shortstops at? There is like well anyway I'm uh, you know I don't I don't probably have the, the, stop, the so. first two round guys um, and then go yeah, into like the Zander yeah, Segura right. that yeah. that tier.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so there's like there's this gap in shortstops that I think ends around like like Seager and then to Segura, like you said, like Mm -hmm. it's like around there. And then uh, like, but that's like maybe a two two and a half round gap for a 12 team league. I mean, it's not a it's not huge, but it's a pretty big gap. But Gary Sanchez and Contreras, it's like a good six or seven round gap, as far as I'm concerned.
1: And I guess really from a per-game um, production standpoint, Sanchez is probably the only catcher that's producing at like a top three round value. But yeah. if, if he got enough games, that if, if they started to work in some games with him at DH or at first base or something like that, and he got 150 games and 600-plus and at-bats, those numbers would be justifiable in the top two rounds, especially when right. you consider the fact that he's a catcher. I started a twenty team Dynasty League. I had the nineteenth pick in the first round and I actually went I went Sanchez just because I, I don't think you're gonna be able to beat that production over the course of like a ten year window. Um, from what he is. I mean, we haven't really had a catcher that could produce those sort of power numbers and sustain them for a long period of time, probably since Piazza. Am I am I am I really missing anybody? Because because even like Posey wasn't putting up, you know, yeah. didn't have thirty plus Homer pop, you know, that was, yeah, with the no. batting average and all the other stuff that he gave you. Yeah. I mean no,
0: you know, I agree, yeah, I, completely. I think Sanchez,, uh, according to Rudy's actually, Rudy's rankings will be out tomorrow, but I have them already. Uh, and Sanchez is also the number one catcher for him, and he has uh, Sanchez as a twenty six dollar per game guy. uh, $44 overall. So that gives you an idea uh, of what Sanchez is. And his number two catcher is actually Posey, but he's real close to uh, Contreras. But anyway, it's Posey and it's a $6 per game on average for Posey. So you're talking $20 per game between the first catcher and the second catcher. That's like the difference between twenty dollars is the difference between like Sanchez and uh let's see Sanchez and Wilson uh, Ramos or McCain or McCann So we're like Brian McCann that is so yeah. it's like yeah so there's like huge huge difference between number one and number two as far as I'm concerned, and also Rudy's, uh, you know, Rudy uses steamer projections. So that's, you know, as far as uh, Rudy's concerned, it's one and two is a huge difference. And, you know, and there's no Gattis in either of those. <laughs> so there's that.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing that's funny, sort of moving on here. I know we all know Sanchez is number one. We've talked about how good he is. But when you sort of go from this next tier, and I'll say it's from, Two to six, that would be Wilson Contreras at two, uh, JT Romuto at three, Salvatore Perez at four, Buster Posey at five, and I believe who finished number two at the position last year, if I'm not mistaken, Yardier Molina. So in a lot of ways, you know, especially if you look at the way things shook out last year, these next guys, I almost feel like you could throw those cards in the air and however they land in that order wouldn't shock me. It would shock me if Sanchez isn't number one at the position. So I guess that leads me to my first question in your rankings, and that is, how close are Wilson Contreras and J.T. Realmuto? Because I think they're almost interchangeable, and I think there's even a better case, maybe not with his current uh, lineup, but there's a better case that maybe Romuto maybe even is a little bit safer, has a higher floor, too, than Contreras does.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a fair point. And I would I would probably I'd lean more towards what you're saying uh as far as real muto compared to uh again going back to Rudy, real muto is number 7 for him for uh for catchers uh and he's at $18 uh value compared to Posey, which is twenty nine dollars, and Contreras, which is twenty nine dollars. They're uh, they're pretty close. They're like interchangeable. So Real Muto is way off, according to um, Steamer, I guess, uh, and Rudy's rankings. Um, but for me, I agree with you. I think Real Muto and Contreras are they're like two A and two B, uh, as far as I'm concerned. And Perez, if I like, I'm not. Uh, we haven't really discussed this yet, but I've discussed it a lot on the site. And, uh, even in the video on the top catcher post, there's also, uh, some discussion about this, um, at anime gray, <laughs> uh, says, uh, you know, talks about how I, I don't really draft any of these guys. I punt like catcher almost, uh, I, I punt I actually a punt catcher in every league except for a two catcher league. And even there, I would be punting these guys as well. I don't I, I try and get two guys that are playing uh in a two catcher league, but not necessarily a guy ranked as high. I'll uh, I'll start drafting. We'll we'll get into when I'll start drafting, but I wouldn't be drafting at this point even in a two catcher league. Um but yeah, Contreras and, and uh Contreras and Real Muto I feel like are two A, two A uh two B. And Salvador Perez, even though I wouldn't draft him and I'm still punting at this point, I feel like Perez is kind of underrated for mm. as good as he's been. He's uh you know, he's a guy who probably is going to, um, you know, besides counting stats, he's probably going to challenge Contreras, uh, Contreras with um, homers and average and just be a little bit off in runs and RBIs. And you can't really count on runs and RBIs. So Salvador Perez is, Pretty close to them too. I I mean I think they're all kind of like they're so close uh, those three guys. Whereas I don't think Posey's real. I haven't we haven't even mentioned Posey, but I don't think Posey's necessarily as close as them. He gives totally different stats, but
1: yeah. And I've done a couple of two catcher leagues um, this off with mock drafts and then actual drafts, and it seems like in two catcher leagues the big names that are going off the board earlier: Sanchez, of course, Contreras, Real Muto and then Posey, and and you'd be shocked, but Perez drops below some of these guys. Perez, for some people, <laughs> obviously the CBS guy, but others as well, drops below Gattis, and I think it's kind of interesting. He might be the best value of the guys you list in the top five that I, I think you might be able to, on draft day, get him at a value that you're you're comfortable paying. Um, I did have Real Muto last year in the Perts League, and, and I was always happy because the one thing that he gives you that other catchers don't, um, and it's tough to stream from that position. Is quality batting average, um, and he gets you some steals as well. The power isn't as good, but I'll take I'll take a loss in seven or eight homers and maybe be able to stream those with you know some good matchups from like a Tyler Flowers or somebody like that um, on his off days, and then you know keep Real Muto because he gives me that baseline of batting average, and you know catchers can be a can be a drain in that batting average i think that's one of the unspoken things with with how catchers suck so much it's not just the fact they're not putting up anything exciting it's it's you're more or less banking on homers and some rbis and they're not giving you anything else and they might do it while hitting 230 in your lineup and oh, you know, yeah that has negative value you know
0: and uh, yeah and also as far as that's concerned i think it's uh you know like a lot of times people will either stream a catcher or they'll, you know, looking at matchups, they'll either stream a catcher or they'll go through, you know, they'll just cycle through catchers that are on waivers or whatever, um, you know, constantly picking their catcher scab. Um, but one thing it's really, I mean, I, if you're getting, if you're going, if you're riding a hot hand, you know, there's, there's a certain, you know, you can, you can sort of get a feel and you can, you can ride the hot hand and maybe do okay with average, but, but, You know, to your point, you're if you're streaming catchers, usually you're streaming for homers. Maybe you're looking at, you know, maybe you're looking at a. uh, at the lineup uh, you're looking at the matchup and maybe you'll get some RBIs maybe you'll get a run or two uh, when you're streaming a catcher but you're not really ever looking at average you're hoping you're hoping you'll get something you're hoping for a 1 for 3 with an RBI I mean it's like and maybe you'll get lucky with a home run but you're never really looking at average when you're streaming catchers you're more or less looking just you know maybe you'll you'll back into a homer or two mm-hmm. um so yeah, I mean that goes back to your point that you know real Muto could help you with average, and you're you're kind of like you're, you're not really ever looking for average when it comes to uh, catchers, except for number five on my list, which is Buster Posey.
1: Exactly. So why don't you? Uh, I know you're not the you're not the biggest Buster Posey fan. I, I'm not either at this point. Um, and it's funny in your blurb you mentioned Joe Mauer, and I think a lot of ways he he's very comparable. You know, because you're getting the batting average, you're not getting the big homer totals. Um, he's also the face of the franchise. He's always going to be in the lineup, but he's at the point now that if he's not catching and he moves, let's say they moved him off, you know, from behind the plate and they moved him to first base full time. I don't see that happening, but if they did, this guy loses value overnight. I mean, he's almost not ownable um, if he's a first baseman just because the numbers aren't good enough. You know, um, so he's your number five. You know, why do you have? Posey over Molina versus Ramos or something like that. Is it just he's buried at five and he's not somebody you'd probably draft? Or well, I wouldn't. For- yeah, no,
0: I wouldn't draft Posey anywhere ever. I wouldn't draft anyone in this tier. Any of the guys we're talking about as of right now, I wouldn't draft. But with Posey, his uh, you know, I have him uh, projected for a three oh nine average. There's value to that. Like you know, it's like it's it's not. Uh, You know, it's not amazing. It's not great value overall. I think I'm going to have Posey probably around like I think he's around 120 overall, which is so buried. I mean, a lot of I'm seeing him ranked in the top 50 uh, in some uh, places. So I mean, there's no way anyone's anyone's drafting Posey uh, if they're following my rankings. I mean, it's just impossible. So. I, you know, I think he he is buried, um, technically, but he does have value with a 309 average if he gets that. Um, You know, like you said, he's really, he's kind of similar to Joe Maurer at this point with, uh, you know, I projected him for 12 homers and a 309 average Mm. uh, and three steals. So that's like, it's like so it's such garbage <laughs> so it's so whatever i mean if it, i feel like if, if Posey's the kind of guy that if you were to just take his stats uh from last year um which you know i mean no i mean not not necessarily going to do exactly what he did last year okay that's not that's not what i'm saying but let's just say he does around what he did last year so if you were to take His stats, because last year wasn't an anomaly. Last year was basically what he did the year before too. He fourteen homers and six steals in twenty sixteen. Twelve homers and six steals last year. So he's more or less around a twelve to fifteen homer guy and a five to seven steal guy. So if you were to take that, if you were to take those numbers and put a different name and just do those stats and just say those stats to someone, they would. And say, okay, now guess what player that is? They'd have like, they'd be like, I don't know, you nail Escobar? Like <laughs> those stats are terrible. Like it's just Buster Posey's name value. That's the only thing going for him at this point.
1: Mm. Yeah, and I'll say this. I think in different five by five, you're spot on. In different formats, Posey could have more value. And I think it should be mentioned. Points formats where they give you points for walks, maybe you lose a point for strikeouts. This is a guy that has, you know, almost an equal strikeout and, and walk rate. You know, he's right up around eleven percent with both of those. So he's got additional value there. You know, the three twenty, all the all the different types of hits add up. So the homers aren't as big of a deal in a points league. I think he has some more value in that. Or if you're in a slash line league, his slash line was still pretty nice, especially for a catcher. 320, 400, 462. So I think in, in in some of those sort of formats, he has some additional value, but. If we're talking five by five, I certainly would just rather keep drafting, you know, hitters, pitchers, filling up the guys who are actually going to give me uh, potential uh, value at each one of those draft spots. They could outproduce those numbers. That's ultimately the goal when you're drafting is to find somebody that's going to outproduce the draft slot. Posey never is. Where I think a guy like the number six catcher here in our list and really a lot of the guys we're going to touch on from here on out, somebody like Yadier Molina, People aren't clamoring to grab, grab Molina, even though he gets starts every single day. He's going to get tons of at bats, even with Carson Kelly in the mix. He's still going to see, you know, eighty percent of the starts, if not more. Um, there's a lot of value in that, and you might be able to pluck them, you know, in the late, in the mid twenties rounds or something like that, as opposed to spending like an eighth or ninth round pick, like you probably would with Posey, if not even earlier with some drafts. So <laughs> I
0: got I got am sorry, I, <laughs> I, 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 no, I was listening to you, but I just gotta interject because real quick, I just, I just out of curiosity was looking to see where. Um, the guy at CBS ranked Posey. You know, sure. the guy who ranked Gaddis nineteenth overall. I wanted to see where he put Posey. He's not so, Posey's not even ranked in his top three hundred. <laughs> what? See that doesn't make any sense to me now. I mean, like I mean, the guy I'm has to the, I'm at the down position on Posey, but what? Is going what? On? That
1: what doesn't is make sense on? in a bunch of different levels. Like, will Gaddis even get as many plate appearances as Posey does? <laughs>
0: I mean, this is so crazy. This is so crazy. I don't even. know. I don't know, man. I don't know what. Oh man. I mean. I, I mean, it's, I mean it's, he's a good guy. I, no, I don't want. it's not. I don't want. I don't want a bag no, on. No, but, but like,
1: but when it comes down to it, you want to try to understand the. <laughs> and here's the thing. He hasn't exceeded. So, uh, Posey. I was looking. He hasn't had less than pretty much 580 plate appearances over the last, like, four or five years. I mean, he usually gets around 600. Gaddis hasn't exceeded 500 since 2015. He had 499 in 2016. And then last year, which is probably more reflective of this year, based upon the depth that that organization has, he only had 325 plate appearances. I'm just, where is Gaddis getting all these at-bats from? Yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on.
1: (laughs) And they still have Derek Fisher. I mean, they still have Kyle Tucker coming up for outfield at bats. They have guys that are going to get DH at bats, I would imagine. Uh, You know, Marwin Gonzalez has to get into the lineup. I
0: don't think they've given up on A.J. Reed either.
1: Uh, yeah, I think they have. I think when they signed Yuli Gurriel, they gave up on A.J. Reed. Everybody, hilarious. it's so funny, he got drafted in the, in the roto <laughs> dynasty we just did, and someone was like, what about that A.J. Reed value? And I'm like, he doesn't have enough bat speed. Great. He just, he's yeah. one of these guys that he was an advanced college hitter, and there's a guy like this in the draft this year, Brent Rooker, and I was really high on him. I think Rooker is more bat speed, but um, they're advanced college power hitters, and they come up in the lower levels of the minors, and they just mash in these guys because the college starters they were hitting already were probably as good as most of these guys they're seeing in A ball, high A, or even double A. And so then they get up to you know, and and Reed was good at triple A, but as soon as he got up to the majors, they were able to exploit him because he just doesn't have enough bat speed. And it, this day and age, it's all about bat speed. You got to be able to swing, swing the bat. You know what, you know? I, yeah,
0: I don't want to, uh, I don't want to go too far off the beaten path, but no. I will, anecdotally, I will say that. Uh, Rudy was at a Christmas party with uh, at where Jeff Luna was or whatever. Oh, really? You, yeah, and and he said and he said to him like, "Give me one player." Uh, this was this was last winter, by the way. Uh, but he said, "Give me one player you think uh, that no one knows that could break out on your team." And he was like, "AJ Reed." <laughs> so that was really that. Was, yeah, that was what the GM said uh, for the Astros, but. That was last year, yeah. you know. Times change. Yeah, he, he
1: also he also but, uh, he also he also passed on Chris Bryant, though I know they say Chris Bryant wasn't going to uh, wasn't yeah. going to sign with him. But right, we get back to here, the- no there. Anyway, so <laughs> yeah. Yadier Molina, what do you think about Molina? Because he had a surprising, I guess, some somewhat of a bounce back last year. But um, he's a guy that I'm never excited to own. But then at the end of the season, I'm like, I could have done a lot. Of, I could have done much worse.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, totally. He's he's the kind of guy in the uh, in like our twelve team uh, leagues and our RCL leagues where at some point in April, whoever drafted Molina usually drops him. Yeah, <laughs> he's on he's on waivers, and then someone will pick him up invariably, and they'll hold him the entire year, and he'll end up giving like a, a, anywhere from a top catcher like a top three catcher uh year to like a top 15 catcher year it's uh it's pretty i don't know i mean he's really like he's inconsistently consistent you know he's like the kind of guy who he always puts up stats but you're not really sure if he's gonna hit for power or steal bases or hit for average like his his, um, his stat lines over the years are just all over the map. Like, he always seems to be productive, but you're never really exactly sure where the uh, productiveness is going to come from, if that makes sense.
1: No, it makes perfect sense. And uh, that leads well into uh, someone who's consistently consistent, Gray. That would be Kenneth Cashman and RotoWear of RotoWear.com on Twitter at RotoWear, killing the fantasy t shirt game. Kenny has been releasing new designs for the upcoming baseball season Uh, week after week. He's got some more stuff coming up. I know we teased a little bit of the uh, Crab Army limited edition shirt. And I guess, as it would so happen, his first release after that happened to be a shirt mocking Supreme, which we actually (laughs) looked into our last read. We didn't know that. But as the universe would work and as luck would have it, we were able to uh, drop a little line on that. If you haven't ordered any t-shirts from rotoware.com, sign on there. Go on to rotoware.com. Use promo code SAGNOF S A G N O F to get twenty percent off all of your purchases. Um, I probably have six or seven rotoware wear shirts. I know Gray's got a few. Uh, Lance is a bunch. Lance actually always mentions in our commercial how the best part of joining the uh, Prospect Podcast was he knew he was going to get a t-shirt from Kenny. Kenny's the man. He's a crab. He's in. He's he's playing in actual, you know, expert leagues. The guy's a smart man. He does excellent work, excellent designs. Only the top quality materials. T-shirts, everything else, great. Do you have anything to add on Roto Wear?
0: Uh, no, I mean I've said it so many times. I love his t-shirts. They're uh, uh, they're so comfortable. Like they're they're some of my favorite shirts I own, and I probably have like four hundred. Well, I, I have I had probably four hundred t-shirts as of last Thursday. But then Cougs went on a throwing out. Stuff I don't wear binge, and she chucks so many of my like I, I had like shirts like from the 80s. <laughs> <So I don't, laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, you cannot throw out my Gary Pettis jersey. Are you like out of your mind right now?
1: <laughs> but, but yeah, she didn't no, throw it, any it, shirts. That no, you- no, no, no. She's she's she knows what's up. Nice. So, RotoWare.com promo code SAGNOF to get 20% off all of your purchases check it out today nice there we go you ready to get back into some more catchers yeah let's do it all right so gary carter and roy campanella on your uh, oh god but um you know
0: gary Gary carter invented the f-bomb really did gary carter invent the f-bomb that's what he yeah that's what the claim to fame was um you know r.i.p uh um according to uh I think even like according to Dictionary.com, it says that uh, the F-bomb is attributed to Gary Carter. And not not as in fuck, as in saying F-bomb instead of saying fuck.
1: Nice. All right. So yeah. i got yeah. to put the R rating on this podcast now. Perfect. <laughs>
0: Perfect. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> I guess it kind well, of defeats so the purpose.
1: 70s, the 70s, <laughs> 70s MLB was just like a hotbed of innovation. We have uh, Bobby Valentine who <laughs> the invented five. the rap who invented the wrap sandwich. We have Dusty Baker, who invented the high five. And now we have Gary Carter, who invented the F-bomb.
0: The 70s were, you know,
1: that was... I'm shocked that more patents haven't come out of 70s MLB. I guess it was all the (laughs) cocaine they were using. Um, (laughs) Anyway, moving on to number seven. That would be uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, Wilson Ramos, who uh, I guess is pegged to hit cleanup at least according to claymation, uh, anime gray. So January gray, <laughs> why don't you, uh, back up what my second favorite gray said and, uh, tell us a little bit about your enthusiasm for Wilson Ramos in 2018.
0: Uh, yeah, no, I was see, yeah, I was saying even, uh, anime gray was saying how there's a lot, there's a bunch of catchers that are set to hit cleanup or fifth in their, uh, in their uh, respective lineups. Uh, I want to say like, like set like six or seven catchers it's a bunch um the guys we've gone over already like uh, well real muto got moved up uh or, or, he, or he got moved down i'm not because the marlins He's either right their now three or
1: four have, hitter now man he might be their yeah. lead off hitter yeah <laughs>
0: Real Muto actually might be their leadoff hitter. Then he might change his jersey or like put like an accent over his O in his name and then hit third. He's got <laughs> and a then like, like back.
1: Baseball. Like he's got a, a ghost. <laughs> he's got a ghost runner at first, so he can go back and hit again.
0: <laughs> and then put a umlaut over the U and hit again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sanchez could conceivably hit in the middle. Uh, Contreras, I think, is set to hit. 4th uh, or 5th, uh, Real Muto I just mentioned, Salvador, per- Salvador Perez is, hit, is set to hit in the in the 4th uh, or 5th, Posey, uh, Molina, Ramos, uh, Wellington Castilla, um, yeah, there's a bunch, <laughs> anyway, uh, back to uh, Wilson Ramos, yeah, I mean, every time, if he's able to stay healthy, he could easily produce a... Contreras, Salvador Perez, um, Molina type year. I mean, he's he's got the ability to hit 19 to 22 homers and hit 255 and have you know not great counting stats because his uh, his team's a little bit, blah. but uh, you know some he'll. I mean, you know, like I said, middle of the lineup, he'll get some runs and RBIs. So yeah, I mean, I'm not. I don't necessarily think Ramos is a top 200 guy. Even I mean, we're at this point in the draft. You know, like I, uh, I think I said this in the actual rankings. But like, I usually look at my uh, in 12 team one catcher leagues at around like 220 overall. That's when I start going. Okay, which catcher do I want to own? Uh, because that's like you know, I think. uh, I think the uh, overall, I think it ends like around 280 uh, overall. Yeah. So, you, so you're about like five or six rounds before the end of the draft. And at that point, you know, you've, you've filled up your rotation more or less. Maybe you need one more starter. You have uh, the closers you need. You have most of your hitters. Maybe you need a utility guy. Um, maybe you need like a, a handcuff uh, for one of your closers. But you're more or less – You've got your team at this point in a 12-team mixed league. So, yeah, like Ramos, is, if he's there around 220 overall, I'm all about it. i draft him in a second.
1: Yeah, and I think it's kind of interesting, too, because he's certainly the top of this tier. There's three that you put into this tier, the other one being Wellington, Castillo that we mentioned, and then Mike Zanino. And I trust Ramos and Castillo, and maybe that's because we have a few years of a track record here with them. Um it, You know, I've seen them be successful. I didn't own much of Zanino last year. I know that he had, obviously, a much more productive year than he's ever had in the past. He had a good season. I still don't trust him to hit over 200. I I feel like, yeah, he could hit 30 homers next year, but he might be hitting below the Mendoza line. And as I said before, I can find power. It's that batting average drain that kills me. Are you more enthusiastic on Zanino? He deserves to be in the top 10. I have no problem with the ranking, but he certainly is is a— a distant third for me. Uh, when you're ranking him versus Ramos and Castillo,
0: right? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree. Here's, I think, with Zanino, Here's, here's what you're, here's what I'm looking at. He's a, he's an easy twenty-five homer guy, uh, with the runs and RBIs that come with that. So that's right there. That, that alone probably gets him in like you know the top fifteen. Uh, for all catchers, even if he hits two, 205. So let's say he hits, you know, he, he has an awful year. His average drops again. He barely hits 200, say 205. If he gets 25 homers, he's probably still going to be around, you know, uh, the 12th to 15th best catcher in you're the right. league. So that's, I mean, so, there, so for that reason alone, you probably should be drafting him around. You know the ten uh, around the tenth best catcher. Um, now, do I think he's capable of hitting the average? I think probably last year was the year to own him. Uh, that's probably going to his. Uh, he last year he hit two fifty one. That's probably going to be an outlier. And going forward, he's probably going to be closer to a two twenty
1: hitter. So,
0: yeah, I mean it's okay. But like I said, with the twenty five homers, yeah, I mean you could do worse.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I want to move on to the next tier here. This is the one that I'm probably most interested in, and maybe because there's some, some prospects or some guys that I've I've covered uh, in my time covering the minor leagues and Rasball. But from here until, I guess, 13, you have number 10, Austin Barnes of the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, number 11, my favorite, Jorge Alfaro, number 12, Austin Hedges, number 13, James McCann, and then I guess the last one being uh, Travis Darno. So, why don't you take me through, you know, your thoughts on Barnes, and I guess compared to Alfaro and Hedges in particular, because they're all guys with some 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 prospect pedigree. Um, you know, obviously Hedges has already passed his rookie limits, as is Barnes, but I think they're an interesting trio that we'll probably see in this list for years to come.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. I think with Barnes, my you know all these guys at this point. Everyone's got their issues. Like, there's no sure things anymore. No. There's really, and catchers, uh, sure thing, and catchers really don't even belong in the same sentence because there's a lot of like after Gary Sanchez, even Contreras last year had a good three months where you didn't want to own them. So catchers are just. Really fickle to begin with, and that's another reason why I don't like uh, drafting them early. But anyway, with Barnes, there's his big issue is I think if he has a bad April or even a bad two weeks to begin the season, Grandal could easily step in and become the starter again in Los Angeles if he yeah. doesn't get tra- if he doesn't get traded away. So you're kind of screwed with Barnes if he doesn't start off hot. I think there's at least a 30% chance we get to May and Barnes isn't even the starter anymore. So that's so that's an issue.
1: And and I'm looking at you know what obviously happened in the World Series. They were giving Barnes the start. There's obviously some confidence there. But I, I don't know. I just can't see them coming out of camp and really going full board with either of these guys and having either of them starting 80% of the games. I think it's going to be more of a 50-50% split. And then you sort of got to hope that – Barnes gets in the lineup uh, and plays some second base as he did last year. I think that's ultimately, you know, might be the silver lining in all this. And then you hope he plays second and doesn't get his beat up, his legs don't get his beat up by the end of the season. But yeah, Barnes is, Barnes is tough because I really like him from a dynasty perspective. He's, tra- he's tough for me to buy in redraft just because his playing time situation is very murky. Um, and I think it's yeah, kind you're of,
0: same- I'll give you props too. last year. You, when I was drafting my NFBC team, I was in like yep. the 48th round and I needed like a fourth or fifth catcher. And, uh, it was a 15 team league. Um, so there was probably a good 600 guys off the board and I need a catcher. And you were like, go with Austin Barnes. I didn't listen. <laughs> but I, told you, I, told
1: you, I, I do Barnes, remember you saying that. I told you Barnes over Alfaro and, and help was pushing Alfaro and 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 we'll get into Alfaro in a second. And it wasn't even my negative feelings as a prospect with Alfaro, as much as it was just like Austin Barnes is probably gonna get starts this year. There's there's a pathway to playing time. And, I, you know, and the, the Dodgers were in it. There was no reason for them not to, to force a prospect, which they did. They brought up you know, more or less all their big this, guys last year. This is, year. Uh, this is last know? year, by the way. I don't yeah, know. this is last year. So, I, you know, and it's funny because we'll, we'll lead into Alfaro now. All my knocks I've had in Alfaro, if you don't know, I've always said he strikes out too much. He doesn't walk enough. Um, he hits too many ground balls, you know, for a power hitter. But when he does get a hold of a ball, he can't hit homers. But here's the thing. My issue with Alfaro was Baseball Prospectus had ranked him as a top 50 prospect for like three years, and to me, he wasn't a top 50 prospect. Let me ask
0: you. Let me ask you something though: Is that for real baseball or for fantasy? For both.
1: both. They have a fantasy ranking that's done by Brett Sayre, who I play in leagues. Love Brett, great guy. I'm actually drafting the base. I'm actually in the middle of the Baseball Prospectus uh, prospect draft. Oh, huge, okay. huge moment—a uh, moment in my life that I was invited to this draft. It's my first year doing it, so I feel nice. like I finally kind of made it. But my issue with the Alfaro rank was—whoa, whoa,
0: whoa! When I asked you to write for Rasball, you didn't feel like you made it. What's that all about? Well, you didn't, what? You didn't—you
1: didn't, you didn't even know I wrote for Rasball for like the first <laughs> year and a half. I wrote for Rasball. <laughs> Sky, Sky, and Jfo asked me to write for Rasball, and then Jay asked me to write the two—this two-start pitcher post and uh and then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, I started to to pop up onto Gray's radar. I think it was around the time we started the soccer site, but yeah. uh, that's a totally different story for another time. But anyway, what I was saying with Alfaro is my issue was I just didn't think he was a top 50 prospect. I never thought that he would be a bad uh, fantasy catcher, but there's no reason to rank a catcher prospect, especially when they don't get full time at bats, especially when they're first called up. There's just no reason to rank him in the top 50. I thought he was borderline top 100, even for that reason. Just because there's all these guys that are going to come up over these, this this multi-year period, who are going to come in. They're going to start every day. They're going to produce for you for home runs, average runs, steals. You're going to have pitchers that are starters, guys that are, are you know uh, elite relievers. That are going to be in and. and to be you're, honest, you're basically, saying
0: why, you're basically saying why I don't draft a catcher exactly. before you're 20 overall. And like,
1: by the what? way, none of these guys do either, Gray. That's my yeah. thing. Is like, Why are we applying this logic to our rankings when we don't apply this r- logic to our drafting? You would yeah. not draft. And the funny thing is I actually tried to to trade. Um, I own Jorge Alfaro and won Dynasty League with Brett. And I was messing with him last year. I kept on sending him trade offers for players he ranked lower than Alfaro and he kept turning him down. Granted, he had a catcher, so he didn't need to make the move. But it was it was me turning the knife a little bit. But that said,
0: I With actually Alvaro like— With Alfaro, though, like, Alfaro did—like, one thing I'll, I'll ask that maybe you know the answer to. Like, do they think that he could be—because unless you think he could be Sanchez, Posey, or Contreras, then, like, if you think he could be one of those guys, like, conceivably in the next year or two, then he is the top— 50 guy, potentially, you know, like, is that like, do they see his career trajectory going that way? Cause
1: no, I, mean, I think they see him more as like a top, a top five catcher. Right, but, Cause I um, see him as like Salvador Perez. In best Yeah. Case I think scenario. that's, a, that's, a, he's a little bit more athletic than Perez. He actually runs pretty well. I've, I've said that he doesn't run that well. He runs well for a catcher. All right, yeah, but he doesn't well, walk enough. The hip tool isn't good enough. With those other guys with like, with like Sanchez and Contreras and, and Posey, all those guys had high walk rates. You know, they didn't strike out a ton. They were good contact hitters in the minor leagues. That's not who Alfaro is. I mean, even when in his, in his time in Reading, he didn't put up, like, earth-shattering numbers. So I think he's a good offensive player. I think this year where he's being drafted, he might be the steel of the catcher position. So I'll go out and I'll say that. There's power here. He's going to get opportunities. He's in a good ballpark. He's going to be in a good lineup. I think they're going to give him the majority of it at bats. It's probably going to be him over Andrew Knapp. I don't worry about that, um, or or Rupp or whoever it is. But I, I just think that as a prospect, he was overrated. He's now a little bit underrated. Eleven. It's, I think uh, I have to the, the top ten. With of my the, also,
0: yeah, no, I say, yeah. I mean, he's like barely out of my top ten. He could yeah. be. It's like him or Barnes could be a flip flop. I could see uh, me putting Alfaro ten overall for catchers. That's still like two thirty overall in the big picture, yeah, and yeah, I mean, i I'll say this like if you look at the catcher post, my uh, top twenty catcher uh, rankings and you uh, look at the blurb for Alfaro, I linked to a rookie post I wrote about him in uh, you know, when was it like November? Yeah, it was yeah. November. so. If you look at that post, you'll see a uh, gif or GIF, depending on your native origin for language. Um, <laughs> he hits a home run in, in the GIF on that post that is like 420 feet oh, without yeah. like, all, like he's off balance. He can like he's barely it looks like he's barely getting a piece of the ball and the ball goes 420 feet. So he's got power. Yeah. I mean that is that's kind of sexy, but he also, I mean, like you've said already, he, he'll strike out close to thirty percent of the time. He might hit two thirty, maybe two twenty. Uh, there's there's issues. He's not he's not that. I, I mean, I feel like he's not going to be a like bona fide, you know, top three catcher this year. No, but, no, but I think it's be the top. But he the could yeah, yeah and, sneak and into the top 10 and, like, run into – potentially run into 20 homers and maybe three or four steals and have a 240 average. That's not bad.
1: Yeah, and I think one other thing we should mention, too, is he's not going to get called back down because he's out of options. Right. I actually spoke with Matt Winkleman, who uh, is, like, the go-to – uh, writer blogger on anything Phillies. He runs uh, Philly Phillies Minor League Thoughts. He runs Crashburn Alley. So he talks directly to people within the organization. I spoke with him last week, and that's what he said. He said this guy is the catcher. You know, whoever's the backup is the backup. But I would I would imagine he's going to get seventy percent of the playing time. So I think I, I feel pretty confident after hearing that on good authority that you know El uh, Faro is probably a good target this year. We're running out of time, so why don't we jump into some of these guys in in a cluster. Hedges, James McCann, Travis Dayarno, um I think all guys that have had some prospect hype but maybe haven't lived up to it as much and have been a little underwhelming, though they've been ownable at times. What do you see with Hedges, McCann and Dayarno versus sort of the next crew of older guys like Luke Croy and Gaddis that we'll get into?
0: I say uh well Hedges I I don't remember exactly what it was, but oh it's like I think he had like he had
1: like one of the worst OPSs like Third of worst, all time, sixty two, <laughs> and then he had a twelfth worst batting average.
0: Yeah, it was like, oh my god, like he is so terrible. Like Hedges is awful, but when you're at this point, we're probably like around two fifty overall um, in drafts and. You maybe run into like a Zanuno type year last year, where maybe Hedges hits twenty five homers and he happen like he lucks into a nice babbitt and he hits two thirty five, two forty. I mean, it seems unlikely, but no one's no one's without their flaws at this point already in the catchers. Like the catchers are, don't go that deep before you get like major flaws uh, with a lot of these guys. Um, you know, McCann is. He, he he could be OK, but last year was also the first year he ever showed like, you know, he's, he's his power seems super iffy. Like he maybe he's a 13 to 15 homer guy, which is awful. It's I mean, that's, <laughs> bo- that's I mean, even if it comes with a 270 average, that is such a bore to own. Like that's the kind of guy where you're like you own him. And at every 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 stop along the way, you're looking at waivers and you're like, oh, well, uh, look who's hot. Hmm. (laughs) In the last 15 days, Chris Iannetta was hot. Maybe I'll pick up him (laughs) like you just can't own McCain um, if he's going to hit 13 to 15 homers, uh, which he potentially could. Now he's also he's only 27, so maybe he has you know maybe he's got a little upside. I don't know. It's not you're you're also like I said. I mean you're you're pretty deep at this point, even though we're only 13 catchers in. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, like it's like there's <laughs> there's not like there's not a lot of locks for great catcher years. Um, and you know, Travis Dayarno has obviously injury concerns like every year it seems like he makes it about three weeks into the season before his elbow breaks in half and he has to go on the 60-day DL
1: yeah it's it's absolutely insane I mean with any of these guys it's it's sort of tough to I, I don't know it's it's sort of tough to to stick with them and figure they're going to be your starting catcher for longer than any just two three week period because I'm not sure any of them get enough at bats. You know, I'll say yeah. that's the one thing that you know versus Darno and and Hedges and, and and some of these guys, the one thing going for Jonathan Lucroy is he typically gets a lot of at bats. Now I don't know if that's going to sustain. You know, we had 481 last year. Um, what are your thoughts on Lucroy? I mean, is he dead at this point?
0: Yeah, no, I think Lucroy could be, you know, Molina-esque, um, like. You know, maybe a fifteen homer, two eighty to three hundred guy. It depends. I mean, it depends on really like just what, how much you value those things. Uh, how much you value a guy being wow. in the lineup? Like I was saying earlier, with the uh, you know with two catcher leagues, I like to have guys that have you know that do get at bats and that do have a a a secure starting job um you know that doesn't necessarily mean drafting a top five catcher that means drafting a catcher who has you know like someone like a uh a mccain uh brian or, or well more james actually uh james mccain like he has a solid locked in starting job so someone like him Over, you know, maybe someone like uh, Barnes because Barnes is a little iffier on whether or not he's going to have that starting job. So Barnes kind of might drop down in a two-catcher league uh, and, you know, someone like a LaCroix might move up a little bit. Um, But these guys are all, you know, they're all so similar. Very, very, very little difference between a lot of them.
1: Yeah, and I think I think, you know, part of the thing with LuCroy too, you know, looking at twenty eighteen is uh, he's a free agent and I'm just not sure based on his performance the last couple of years, you know, who's gonna shell out some coin for that guy. You know. The funny yeah. thing is he if you look at his contract, he has not made that much money. And he's only thirty one. He's not he's actually not that old. Um I was a little surprised. I thought he would be older. But you know, catchers age quickly, so I don't know, maybe Luke Roy signed someplace he was in a great hitting environment last year. and He didn't do a whole lot in Coors, but maybe he was hurt. Maybe there's something else in the background we don't know about. So uh, I wouldn't totally write him off. What's got to the much maligned number sixteen, Evan Gatus What do you What do you think about Evan Gatus <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. I was. I mean, I, I do. You know, I do my projections and my rankings kind of in a bit of a bubble. Like I look at. I look at other people's projections as far as like steamers concerned. Like I'll look at them. I have, you know, we, we get them where, uh, you know, Rudy uses them for his ranking. So we we're, you know, we're, we're, we're friends. He it was steamers, friends of the family, you know, like they're, we're definitely, uh, with them. And I think they, you know, they're consistently steamer has some of the best projections in the business. So, I looked at – I mean, I looked at his projections. I just – and and he's – you know, Steamer's got him down for 29 homers uh, and a 269 Oof. average, which is really like – that's aggressive. like but Especially
1: I, for Steamer, who's typically yeah, conservative.
0: Right. I know. And, I mean, we've already discussed how, you know, how Gaddis may have the DH job on a technicality as of right this second. But by no way is he
1: keeping that – you know, like <laughs> – I mean, added Garrett Cole for peanuts, and they got plenty of bullets left in the gun to add more players.
0: Exactly, like maybe by uh, you know maybe he goes into the year as the starting DH. But I wouldn't be surprised if by July they go out and they get someone uh, you know and uh, have a platoon at DH. Like if they get if, if they sign if they trade for any hitter, any hitter any anyone uh, Gaddis becomes an automatic platoon guy he's in a platoon no matter who they sign no matter what position they go out and get someone at like because that'll mean someone else from another position will get moved to DH. Like if they go out and get a uh you know, if they go out and get an outfielder, then suddenly Reddick becomes a part-time DH with Gaddis, if they go out and get a first baseman, then Guriel moves to part-time DH, if they go out and get a catcher, McCain moves to part time DH with Gaddis, like they have their their team is no joke. Like they're not in a position where it's like They're not like uh, you know a Padres team where it's like, well, you know, if nothing else, you know, Gas is going to get 150 games played because we got no one else. Like the Astros aren't playing like that. They're not playing to just get Gaddis 550 at bats. There's no way he sees that many at bats. Like there's no way Gaddis gets close to a full season and near 30 homers. I don't see it personally. I don't see it. So. No, that's my that's my thoughts on him.
1: I, I 100% agree on that, and I think other people also overlook the fact that Houston's a top five market in the country. I think people forgot that. They think of the Astros like they're a small market team. They're not. They're a big market team. They're engaged. They're coming off a World Series. They have a, a window here for probably the next five to six years to be an ultra-competitive franchise, and the free agent market right now is down. There might be some values for guys like him and players willing to take a discount to play for a winner, you have no idea what they could add in the next month plus. I really, I really think that that you know projecting out Evan Gattis as the everyday DH in the Houston lineup is a fool's errand. But anyway. not only <laughs> not only
0: that, I mean he's a DH at best, everyday DH in the eight hole. <laughs> he's no yeah. like he's not going to be anywhere near the middle of the lineup. There's no way he's starting. No, no way he's hitting third, fourth, or fifth ever.
1: Never. No, no, no! You're you're totally right. And uh, to wrap this up, I want to throw out maybe six names here. Um, one being his uh, uh, Gaddis' teammate Brian McCann or McCain, as you like to call him, uh, <laughs> Russell Martin, Chris Iannetta, Yasmani Grandal, Tyler Flowers, and then the reason I wanted to mention this guy is because he's actually ninth in Rudy's rankings, and that's Robinson Chirino. So, of those guys, who do you think could be in the top 12 at the position, who would you project out to be the guy that, that sort of rises above, out of this tier and the tier ahead of it and ends up in the top 10 to 12 at the position and is a guy that's you know maybe more than 50% owned in most fantasy leagues?
0: Uh, I'll go. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Ionetta because he signed huh? in Coors. Yeah. So you have like you have the Rockies thing. Um, Iannetta's, yeah now. I'm not saying he's a short thing. He's actually had some years. He's already played in Coors and had some really terrible years. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. so yeah. So he's not. He's by no means a surefire bat.
1: But he's old too. Yeah. I, I played against Ionetta in high school, Gray. <laughs> I'm serious, too. Oh, I played against God. Iannetta in high <laughs> school. He's, He's from Rhode Island. He's from Crime Town. From oh, Bronx. my God. Oh, yeah, my
0: God. Man. That's ridiculous. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, which, what was I say? Oh, Ionetta. Yeah, I'll say Ionetta just for the course factor. Maybe he runs into 18 to 21 homers and – a 250 average just because Coors inflates everyone. So that I'll say that on him. And then with the uh, Robinson Chirinos, uh I don't see him really for more than like last year he had 17 homers, mm. but he's already, he's going to be 34 years old this year. I don't, I don't know. I don't see any upside in him whatsoever. So, I don't know. Maybe 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 I'm off. Like, he did have 17 homers last year and yeah, only 88, 88
1: bats. Only in 88, 88 games. Uh, 88, 88, 88
0: bats. Imagine that. Yeah, 88 bats. What, what is he, Matt Olsen? Um, yeah, <laughs> I think uh
1: Ol- yeah. Olsen Hoskins.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I think maybe with a full season, 135 games, maybe I'm underestimating what he could wow. do. But yeah, I, don't, I can't I don't.
1: believe he's going to be 34. He's going to be 34 in June. Wow. Yeah, I was a little bit more excited about him. And I'll mention my sleeper, Francisco Mejia. Let's see what happens. Let's see if he actually gets every day at bats. I don't see it happening. I think he's going to be in AAA for most of the season. I could be wrong. I know they tried the third base experiment uh, in the Arizona Fall League. It did not go well. I don't know if he's worked in his third base defense in the offseason. And if they they do actually want him breaking camp with the team and potentially winning that third base job. If that's the case and his bat's in the lineup, he's very talented. He's a guy who would draft as a catcher. If that's not the case, I wouldn't waste a pick on him. Somebody, and I know this is my homer pick, somebody I think is going to surprise a lot of people this year is Christian Vasquez. Um, he hits for a good average. He's not going to hit for a lot of power, but I think he's going to get the majority of the starts there uh, behind the plate. He's definitely the catcher of the future. He's better defensively than Leon is, and he runs pretty well too. He run, He's more athletic. He's spry. He's kind of at that window where I think he could put up a couple of decent years. Like I said, the homer totals aren't going to be there, but I could see him, hit, you know, maybe putting together a JT Romuto Real, uh, Real kind of season in that Red Sox lineup. Now, it's an it's 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 definitely an off the board sort of pick, but I think Christian Vasquez is better than people realize. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm homer. <laughs> That's my homer. pick. Chance I mean, Cisco, I think did, is another name you could throw you in there too, but. As I go through the rest of this list, there's nobody that's jumping off unless you think the You the did you did after Master all, Rosco's you did name
0: it. your daughter Dwight Evans, so <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. My
1: my my son's my son's middle name my, my oldest son's middle name is Manual, um, for Manny. <laughs> but my, that but that is my—that was my grandfather's name. <laughs>
0: does he? Does, he, uh, does he, Is he wearing real baggy pants and like oh, yeah. cut cut off the center fielder like three feet away from him? Uh,
1: I love Manny. I love Manny. I was at the game where he went into the, into the Green Monster too. <laughs> I was in college. You know, I love Manny too. I, I wish. Manny. I, I wish there was man.
0: I, I feel like the closest we got to Manny right now is Puig. I. I love I love personalities, you know. Yeah. I like I wish there was more big personalities. I feel like baseball tries to vanillaize everyone. <laughs> it's just like you know. Yeah, I don't know. the
1: problem is somebody like Bryce Harper isn't isn't exciting enough of a personality. But yeah, he's like more douchey than personality. Yeah, you know exactly exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we're um, going off topic now. We are. Right. I was going to tell you that my other son was named Nolan after Nolan Ryan, but uh, I don't know. I don't think that counts for Red Sox homerism though. No, nah, it just counts for craziness. Yeah, you know, what can I say?
0: That's another episode. of the <laughs> And then, then you always wonder why he gives his brother a noogie.
1: He <laughs> like, oh, rubbed Nolan. that kid all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you charge it, Nolan, man. He's putting you down. It's all right. It's all right. It's a beast. All right. Uh, another week. Gray, right. thanks for your time. Listeners, tune in again. We'll be back at you with an actually interesting position next week. I promise. Bye. Later.